So Agents of Yesterday comes out tomorrow, which is confusing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow is it going to be Agents of Yesterday? So, uh, wait. So tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, point that was made. my point. Yeah, point made. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek with Chris. So I'm developing a collection of me saying variations of Scott, you're an idiot. Hey, Mickey. In this episode, Scott doesn't understand acting. Scott. I'm a little bit confused. And Fort Max. Superhero Time makes fools of us all. This week on that one episode of Star Trek, optimism for the future. A taste of boredom. <laughs> and the taste is sweet. Not really sure how to take that. Mm. This episode wasn't very good. Um, you well, claimed that well, I watched it with you. I have no memory of it. You and did, and you enjoyed it. Must it must be because I, I wiped the memory from my memory. Thanks. No, you did banks. enjoy this when we watched it. Was I drunk or asleep? No, it was the middle of the day. That doesn't really answer either one of his questions. <laughs> that, so I was that is, mostly drunk. Yeah, that was a non sequitur answer. <laughs> yeah, this – okay, so as far as like concept goes, I get the concept. Everyone gets the concept about five minutes in. You go, oh, okay, here's what's going on. It takes Kirk half an hour to figure out what's going on, and it's painful. You're just like, dude, how can you not get this? It's a computer that he can't argue into self-destructing that doesn't really <laughs> make sense to him. But he does it the old-fashioned way, but we'll get to that. And the second they figure out what's going on, this is like, okay, well, bye. We're not doing this. Yeah. Or just blow up the computer and then go by because this is Kirk and he always has to blow up something. <sighs> yeah. XV, why don't you take the summary? Because uh, I'm going to make Scott do it instead. You're going to make me do it? Yeah. Well, that's that's just mean. Yeah. It's just mean. Yeah. All right. So strangely, though, a taste of Armageddon a little bit like vodka and cranberry. It's a little bit like vodka and cranberry. Oh, this episode's kind of weird. All right, so they're going to Star Cluster, NGC, blah, 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 blah. Who gives a fuckity shit? Nintendo uh, GameCube? Okay. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so apparently there's this, like, nebula out there. It's got all these stars in it, and the Enterprise is being sent there to... Not really have first contact, but to open up diplomatic relations. Uh, and they have uh, an ambassador shit face on here uh, who's the biggest dick they could find in the Federation. Because, you know, that's the diplomatic face you want to send out to represent your people. But, but see, the ambassador thing, Walter Peck. <laughs> basically. Uh, well, I do like the fact that he did pack his bags under his eyes for a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those those have to be prosthetic, right? That's just like a makeup effect. Yeah, he's an alien. Yeah, he's he's like half <laughs> Hecklet or something. <laughs> no, Strangely, he's, he's the... um uh, Zach Dorn. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now, so I like his incredibly boring outfit. I don't know it's got a little something to it. I mean, besides well, being made that, out of stack cloth, it's that green. It's the green that says this fabric was available. And then, you know, later when his assistant shows up, like, he follows the rule of assistance, which is that your outfit cannot be more interesting than that of your boss. So, <laughs> as boring as this suit is, his assistant's outfit is yet farther into, you know. Wait, that was his assistant? I thought that was just part of the wall. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense now. Um <laughs> All right, so anyway, they're approaching the planet. Uh, Dick face, baggage face McGee comes, Samsonite head. Let's see, what other luggage and thing? Come on. Uh, <laughs> he comes on the bridge, and they're like, oh, good. I'm here to diplomat the shit out of this, so you guys just stand back. And remember, because I'm an ambassador, I can tell you what to do. So they're making their way to the star systems, and they get a me- or her gets a message. Uh, oh, they just called a, a code 710, which means do not approach under any circumstances. Yeah, her is like, oh, hold up. They've got no, pre- no trespassing sign. <laughs> to which Mr. Diplomat, being an excellent diplomat, goes, well, I'm going to totally ignore what they're telling us to do, and I'm going to go there anyway, because that's what you do when you see a no trespassing sign. You still knock on the door and try to sell them brooms. <laughs> You go up to the double wide with the six cars in front. You know, it's all overgrown with grass and shotgun shells laying expended in the yard. And you go knock on the door. That's what you do. You ask when they want a subscription to Rolling Stone. Or L, for that matter. <laughs> Jet. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's funny. Anyway. uh you like airplane jokes. That's true. <laughs> You got some of them uh, SR-71s on the, on the spreads? All right. Imagine if SR-71 had nacelles instead of engines. It kind of does in a way. Yeah. Put a Bassard collector on the front of that fucker. Get well. Okay, so this episode is notable because there is a female ensign security chick who actually is useful this entire episode. Have we seen her in another episode before? Like, doesn't she so. appear in two episodes? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know, but anyway, she's actually kind of useful, and she actually has some speaking lines, which is nice. They'd let the woman speak for once. All right, so whatever. Ambassador comes on, he basically gives his whole spiel, like, look, I'm running this show. You do what I say, or there'll be hell to pay. Uh, he stomps <laughs> off the bridge. <coughs> well, he says that to, to William Shatner, there'll be hell to pay. Um, I guess that joke won't be funny for another, like, 20 years. But anyway. We're ignoring you. Yeah, I know. Uh, so Spot comes up and goes, uh, are, you know, they called 710. Are we really going to do this? And Kirk's like, yeah, I guess we have to. Fucking red alert. Shields up. Phaser banks charge. Battle no, no, stations. it's just yellow alert. But he still turns on, like, all the weapon systems. So it's like, what's the difference? Well, yellow alert is a state of heightened defensive readiness. Red alert is we're going to fuck your shit up. Oh, my. Or we are being fucked up currently. Yes. In the process of being fucked up. So what's cool about these episodes is all the new uh, special effects and stuff we're in, which I just just love. love these. All the special know. effects for the Disruptor later on. Oh, yeah. Those are just gorgeous. I can't believe they managed to do that using the old – oh, God, they're terrible. Well, non-existent. But anyway. Okay. Credits, credits, credits. So now here's what I understand. They're like, we have to – 
initiate diplomatic relations at all costs, which I just don't understand how that's a thing. It's like going up to somebody and going, I'm going to be your friend, even if it kills both of us. You see, the so, ambassador explained. You, you haven't we, watched Common Rider Fours, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You see, the ambassador explained that in this quadrant, <laughs> they've lost so many ships because there's no port for them to fall into. Now, it doesn't explain why they've lost all these ships, just that, you know, they're losing a bunch of ships and they need a port here, and this is where they decide it's going to be. So we're going to make you a friend and make you a member of the Federation, whether you like it or not, so we can refuel our ships. They were annexing them. Yeah, they're like eminent domaining it or something. Behold, uh, Space Poland. <laughs> Fine. All right. So they're like, well, I guess we have to go down to the planet. We're in orbit. They haven't destroyed us yet. So let's go. So Spock's like, we don't know anything about these people. But we do know they're advanced. They have spacefaring, but they so haven't left their solar system. So we'll not let's not uh we're we can't send the ambassador down because we don't know what's down there, so let's send our as always our top two officers and a couple red shirts right right and a red that's... skirt <laughs> why didn't I think of that because so you're do... not as clever as I am Scott that is absolutely true, so they do make reference to the u s s valiant uh that got lost in this area that's okay, they'll find it in deep space nine in a couple hundred years, yep. All right, so the ambassador comes dicking onto the bridge. What is with this guy's face? <laughs> Although I do like he has, like, hipster haircut from 2016, though. That's kind of neat. He the had it before it was cool. <laughs> all right, so they, that seems the planet below hasn't even noticed them at all. They scanned, it, they scanned the Enterprise once, and then that was it. Well, so, doesn't, like, that they know they, doesn't that mean by definition that they noticed them? Well, but they haven't, like, done anything about it, though. Doesn't mean they haven't stopped. noticed them. They're just, you know, ignoring it. Oh, my God. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kurt gets a couple red shirts. Listen, Press- Scott said something that was wrong, and we're not going to move on until Look, we've thoroughly beaten that to death. I'm just reading the subtitles, yo. I'm blaming Netflix on this. All right. So, Kirk is like, All right, red shirts, go grab some phaser ones from the arsenal. We come in peace, shoot to kill, and but keep them inconspicuous. So yeah, so he leaves Scotty in charge of the ship. And Scotty, being his Scottish buzz, goes, "Oh, I'll have a bunny trip." Fuck you! <laughs> oh, <laughs> racist stereotype. Then he all okay, looks over at the ambassador like, "If I get any lip from you, laddie, I'm beaming you into space and eating the all potatoes." Right. <laughs> some corn beef no it's Irish Fuck the English <laughs> whatever no They're Scotty wants Scotty They're wants his same. haggis oh that we'll get to that too yeah Continue. you're thinking of O'Brien right you oh, know yeah. potatoes <laughs> O'Brien <laughs> that's offensive to my people alright so we get a lovely Your like <laughs> We got a lovely uh, uh, matte painting shot of the super advanced uh, civilization down on the planet, which looks like a 1960s cartoon, which is just lovely. And then we cut to the inside of the building. We see their super advanced tailoring. <laughs> <laughs> They've managed to merge two pant legs into one. Well, sort of. Yeah, yeah they kind of. Fashions by Dr. Seuss. 
<laughs> right. And I love the little hats. The little hats are so cute. I call <laughs> these I call these over ones. <laughs> over monos. Over, over halves. halves. <laughs> all right well i guess it's over halves then <laughs> all right so uh the two nameless red shirts which i think actually do get names later and then um ensign kanichiwa come down uh the crew kind of looks around like oh well this is nice and just begin wandering around oh look a wall <laughs> Look at this fascinating fucking wall. We don't have anything like this where we come from. No. So then we get this neat effect shot of like the matte painting in the background with like the cutout of where the actors are. They use like six times in this episode. And they're like bunched up in this little corner. <laughs> and then we get the Barbara Walters of the 23rd century. She well, what like- is she wearing? I mean, I know, space fashion, but I don't. <laughs> I don't understand how this garment is put together. Here's like a bra with like a a shoulder towel, but underneath the shoulder towel, there's nothing holding it together. Is it just glued on her? Yes, I I, I know. It's very the, confusing. Yes, because on, on her right, the the her right side boob is just it's just hanging there. I don't know how it's doing that. But anyway, so she's got like advanced a, society, and their adhesive technology is just beyond comprehension. <laughs> Well, maybe they're alien species traits. They have like ridged nipples. They just like oh. hold fabric in place, like a cat. I think their tongue. females have hairy chests, and they just velcro it on. <laughs> maybe, maybe her breasts are just prehensile, and they're holding it <laughs> actively. <laughs> it's got little hands. <laughs> prehensile little, breasts. Little nubby, little nubby fingers. <laughs> oh dear! And also, there's a bad case of the soft focus. It must be like a genetic disease or something. <laughs> Barbara Walters had that, though. She's I think, got that, uh, that RuPaul filter going on. Yeah. And she just, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. She just talks so softly and slowly. She, she sounds like lot. she's mildly retarded, and it's distracting. She's got so, 60s uh, volume voice. Yeah. yeah, she does. So, anyway, so Kirk's like, so um, we're here, uh, and they told us not to be, so why did you give us the 710 order to not come here? And she's like, we're at war, dumbass. Let me go take you to our leader, because you're an idiot. We told you not to come here, but you did anyway. Thanks. So, she takes him to the uh, Technicolor hallway into the Council of Five. Impressive, I know. Now, we, how, you know these guys are powerful because no one makes them wear stupid little hats. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's the social hierarchy on this planet. The higher station you are, the less hat you have to wear. Right. But I like this guy's black turtleneck and tartan. That's kind of it's kind of nice. All right. So they're at MNR Seven is the name of the planet because everyone cares. Uh, now the thing is, I do like the. I hesitate to even call him a villain because he's pretty much right on everything all the time. Kirk. No, because he's not right. <laughs> uh, a non-seven, just like a fortune villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, there seems yeah. to be something kind of untapped in this episode because, like, there's a non-seven. The woman Mickey hates is Maya three. Mm-hmm. Like they were going for something here and never really got quite got around to explaining the whole naming principle of these people. Right. I'm just going to assume it's something lame like 
you know, it's like, oh, I'm Richard the Third. I'm the third of my, you know, ancestors named the same name. I wonder if the computers just name everybody. <laughs> yeah. Meatbag one, meatbag two. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll- Mia is short for. I don't know if a non seven if a computer does his hair because his hair is on point. <laughs> All right, so basically he does this big spiel. A non seven, the leader is like, "Look, you're in severe danger. We're at war, you know." And they just build this shit up for like half an hour, and it gets exhaustingly boring. All right, so there's another planet in the system that uh, there was colonized by the people from this planet. They broke off, did their own thing, and now these two planets, for whatever reason, stupid reason, are at war. So he's standing there, and just as just as much as you'd like have to go check your phone for email, goes, excuse me, I have to go conduct a wall. Walks over to the wall, opens up, and there's like these screens with lights behind them. Yeah, that would get and, very distracting after a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm like... <laughs> One of them is just spinning around and around. The other is spinning back and forth. It's very confusing. Yeah. Why is this one spinning back and forth and the other's not? It's a good thing they yeah. don't have a cat in there. <laughs> they would never get anything done. Like Morris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. They're like, the scanners going, oh, an explosion went off in the city and no, no. And everyone's like, we don't hear any explosions. There's no radiation. What? What are you fucking talking about? And none of, none of the people from this planet would just come and say, oh, it's all on a computer. I mean, it would take them like half a second just to explain what the fuck is going on, but they just leave it hanging. We no. have 40 minutes. We have 45 minutes to fill. Okay, yeah, so no. like, I kind of get it in one sense, because like, you know, they've been fighting a war this way for 500 years. No one knows any other kind of war. This is how war goes. Why? Yeah, you know, why? I know. Why wouldn't they know exactly what's going on? Yeah, to them, this is the natural way to fight a war. Except they they all know why they fight this way, is to prevent actual war from destroying their civilization. So they're they're well aware of the other kind of war. Yeah, yeah. It's not like lost history or anything. It's not legend. Although, from their perspective, it may be, okay, we're an advanced civilization. We've figured out the way to wage war, you know, as ideally as possible. Obviously, every other civilized... Uh, you know, culture out there would have come to the same conclusion. They should know automatically what's going on here. Yeah, one thing I do like is the fact that he asked, well, how are you conducting this war? She goes, oh, they take fusion bombs and then materialize them with a transporter above our cities, which I thought was pretty cool. In a horrifying kind of way. Well, it goes back <laughs> to that trope of, I mean, Star Trek, like, why don't they just beam a photon torpedo to the bridge of the enemy ship? You know? Because well, they do that in Star Trek Online. Well, yeah, you do. You, you, yes, you can, um, which I'm glad was answered. But, <clears throat> but you know, up until, you know, for, for dorks who don't play that stupid MMO, like, hey, Mickey does. Dork. Yeah, I love the, the, the main president on this planet. Uh, you can clearly tell he's a Shakespearean actor just by looking at his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, I've done King Lear. <laughs> now I'm Every great job. night. Yeah, I was about to say, he probably just comes from the show to do this stupid television show. <laughs> no, the one right, thing so they... is he does King Lear every night. Oh, my. Yeah. And he does come from the show. Oh. I see like a quadruple entendre on it. I'm make about that. It's not even a full entendre. It's just sort of a half entendre. Yeah, just got a but half But there are show. two of them, so... 
<laughs> two half double entendres. <laughs> Let me do the math here. With a, with a side of rice and beans. <laughs> well, now you're adding tax to the whole thing. <laughs> no, no, it comes with it. Just like the chips oh, okay. and salsa at the beginning of the meal. <laughs> okay, good. Man, now I want some fajitas. Some Shut fajitas. Up, All right. So basically it's like, oh, we retaliated and now we've blown up one of their cities. And Kirk's like, look, dude, we're not picking up anything. I've been in contact with my ship. There's no explosions. There's no radiation. There's nothing going on. You fuckers are uh, crazy. Yeah, what what is going on? He's just standing there just, duh, what could possibly be happening? I do not understand. So then Spock just finally goes, look, idiot. They fight completely with their computers. How can you not get this, you stupid human? They're playing StarCraft. And Kirk still doesn't get it because Kirk's like, well, how does a computer kill half a million people? And it's like, how can you not get this? <laughs> Let's just hope they're not at war with Planet Korea. <laughs> Uh, all right. So now yeah, they dispatch like these teams throughout their city to round up people to send them to disintegration chambers. Oh, no, they're not routing them up so much. It's just that everyone reports within 24 hours. Right. And they have to report this to their enemy, the Vindicar, and then I guess it just goes back and forth. So they do make a point somewhere here. It's like, well, it's like a million people a year every year or six million a year or something like that. It's like some insanely high numbers. Like they would – they can't breed that fast. Maybe they don't attack very often. Maybe. Anyway, so Kirk is still just confused by this. Like, so people just walk into the disintegration chamber? And he's like, yes. I, I, look, but I, I wouldn't do that. How would someone else do that? Right. I don't understand alien cultures and, and philosophies. I, what, uh, what uh, at least not until I bang them. Right. That's how he learns. They're <laughs> that's actually when he infects them with his philosophy. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. Kirk's think... morals are an STD. <laughs> that is one of the best quotes about Star Trek I have ever heard in my life. They do mention a, a, a tri-cobalt warhead, though, which I think is neat. All right, so... That's like one more I... co cobalt than dicobalt. Yes. Bicobalt. Bicobalt. <laughs> I, do, I do like how Spot goes, oh, I understand completely. And, and, and on Seven's like, well, good. I'm glad you understand. It's like, and that you approve. And he's like, no, 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 I understand. I don't approve. So then he goes and she's like, oh, well, the Enterprise has been destroyed by the computer simulation. So you have 24 hours to get your entire crew down here to be disintegrated. Uh, we'll leave your ship intact, though. Thanks. Uh, but everyone in your ship is now dead. So I'm sure you'll just go along with this just, just as easily as we will. But just to I make mean, sure we're going to take you hostage in the meantime. That's that's right. certain to make you more cooperative. Exactly. Oh my god, these guys with the hats are just killing me. <laughs> and the overhaves. I, I mean, look, there's like Vladimir Putin in the background wearing a. a and then they're going to be killing you after you uh, go into the disintegration chamber, right? So the disruptors they use look very Klingon to me. Oh, uh, they are because the Klingons haven't been introduced yet. Uh, as of the time this episode was produced. So when the Klingons did get introduced, these props were reused as their weapons. And they were still called disruptors, which I like. I like the fact that, that there's that continuity. Which I think is cool. All right, so the, so the, the, the Enterprise crew that's on the planet gets sent to a waiting room. <laughs> which, okay. I like how many plan, uh, planets 
in the, the original series have like these lounges everywhere for them to sit around and discuss things for 15 minute stretches. Right. That's a sign of an advanced civilization. You can have like all these uh, superfluous, you know, just sitting rooms that serve no other purpose but to let your guests, you know, conspire against you. Like it, the, the couches need plastic on them. <laughs> <laughs> and a bowl of hard candies are all stuck together. And have been for 30 years. <laughs> Wax this hard ribbon candies. Candy? Yeah. Ribbon candy. <laughs> Boys love ribbon candy. <laughs> oh shit. All right. So <laughs> Uh, so hot grandma comes in and she's like, well, you're going to be disintegrated. And Kirk's like trying to talk her out of it. And she's like, look, you're just going to walk through a disintegration chamber. Cause someone told you to. So he's like, look, I love my life just as much as you do, but this is the way shit works. Either I do this or we start a real war and real war is worse than what we're doing. So this is lesser to evil. So the way we're doing this is, is right. And Kirk Kirk's- is just not having any of it. Kirk's like, this is why we outlawed mobile dolls. <laughs> yes, the real the real doll uprising of twenty one seventy. Well, that's certainly one way to interpret what Hey Mickey said. <laughs> but no, Scott, that joke was aimed solely at XV. Yeah, and maybe Fort Max too. I don't know how much Fort Max cares about Gundam. Look, if All this right. planet had a Trey's Kushranada, things would be a lot better. Trey's Kushranada is the best. <laughs> Of course, he's David K. Remember when the I have not, started? I have not watched Wing in well over a decade. See, that's a mistake that you should rectify, because I find it good to watch Gundam Wing every couple of years. It stays relevant. It does. Um, the dub gets progressively worse every year, but the, the story <laughs> stays fairly relevant. See, the problem with have- Gundam Wing's dub is really that they had seven people to do an entire 50-episode series with. But, you know, early Ocean what Group. What was I watching? Huh? Oh, He-Man. <laughs> they literally had five voice actors for the entire show. Well, wasn't it the same way with uh, Voltron? Probably. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Armageddon. Uh, where were we? Uh, yeah, well, I don't care how interesting it is what you guys are talking about because this episode does have something very unique, door nipples. So, so what's her name? Removable door nipples. Out, and he rips off the door nipple. <laughs> Just rips that bitch right off. And the door closes in pain. Oh! Oh. It's a weird nipple. idea. Yeah, it's like a lock and a key, but it's high-tech, I guess. I don't know. It's All like, right. you know, if you had a doorknob, but you could take it with you. Right. Like a key. No, like a doorknob. <laughs> I keep my knob with me at all times. All right, so we cut back up to the ship where Scotty is just having like, I don't know what to fucking do. McCoy comes up and goes, you really need to fucking do something because this sucks. <laughs> I'm getting bored up here. I don't have a spot to make fun of. Do something. And Scott is like, I can't do anything. I haven't heard from the captain. But I don't know what's going on. So they get a, as they're talking, you know, the amazing timing, uh, Kirk calls up and goes, hey, Scotty, everything's fine. Won't you uh, get the entire crew to come down here for shore leave? <laughs> Just uh, leave the keys in the ignition. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll send guys up there to like, you know, people from the planet to like run things while you're gone. It's fine. 
And Scotty's like, the fuck? <laughs> Bring my private liquor stash down, too. <laughs> right. Oh, and my little black book. <laughs> I've got like 16 entries I need to make something down here. <laughs> All right, so it cuts back down to the planet. We see a non-7 with a communicator-looking thing talking into a ham radio that is modulating his voice to sound like Kirk's. <clears throat> sneaky, sneaky. Well, Scotty's not really having any of this, though. Well, he does tell Kirk that, oh, I'll start getting the parties going immediately. And he looks at McCoy and goes, can you believe this bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) And McCoy's like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. No, I mean, McCoy's kind of like, well, what do you think of that? And Scotty's like, I got a pretty good idea. So they immediately just go over to the computer and go, hey, computer. Kirk goes, yeah. He goes, was that Kirk? Kirk goes, no. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I don't know why that amuses me so much it's just like okay that was easy I mean I kind of appreciate in the narrative structure like yeah they tried that it totally didn't work let's move on right. again because Scotty is smart his yeah. first thought was oh this is a trick let me check I mean so- you know to be fair like the order makes no sense you, no, yeah, uh, usually his first thing would be fire the phasers. Oh, well, we'll get to that. Scotty, uh, have everyone beam down naked and join the orgy. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, come on. <laughs> All right. So Scotty and, and McCoy now know something is seriously up and that Kirk is probably prisoner. So now they got to start planning what they're going to do with this massive starship. So we come back down into the waiting room of prison, I guess. <laughs> All right, so now here's something that really kind of fucks with all kinds of things that I've I've read about before, Um, even not having seen this episode before this, is apparently Spock can do mind mind melds through, like, solid objects from a distance. Well, he's a Vulcan, you know. Mm -hmm. Not Vulcanian. Uh, Apparently he's just fucking magical at this point. Vulcans are magic. They apparently are. It's like he's going to come out there shooting lightning bolts for like 1d6 damage per hit die or something. I don't know. So this poor guard standing there and he starts going. <laughs> and opens the door. And they go out and suddenly someone's turned on all the dramatic lighting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> Why do they go through colored light bulbs on this planet? <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, the the shots where the guards being all mind controlled, normal lighting. Then as soon as the crew steps outside, <laughs> this poor guard though, he gets like crunch up in the fucking neck and in the back of the neck. <laughs> they beat the shit out of this dude. Yeah, poor guy <laughs> crushes trachea. <laughs> so the and first then, thing, Kirk and then says, interestingly enough, you don't see his body anymore. No. Well, Tamura ate him, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because if you notice, you look very carefully, you know she doesn't eat anything this entire episode, which means she was probably starving and ravenous. So I think she ate the entire body. Oh. Yeah. So the first thing Kirk says is like, I've got a gun. We need a lot more guns. We need so many guns. Spock, go get me guns. (laughs) (laughs) There's like someone walking down the hallway and they all go, hoochie-coo, and jump to the sides and become invisible. (laughs) <laughs> like Tamura, like hides behind Spock, like a frightened child, right in your face, it's like shoving her face like up his ass. <laughs> I know. It's like a kid playing. It's like a tutor playing hide and seek. That's not how that works, sweetie. 
I can still see your big red booty. Come on. All right, so they come around a corner and they see a uh, a one way teleporter. <laughs> Spock makes the amazing observation that there's an entrance but not an exit. Thanks, you check Spock. in, but you don't check out. He yep, knows I know. He's like, spell it out for Kirk. I, well, he does. <laughs> okay, Kirk. You see, when someone goes in there, they don't come back out. Okay, remember <laughs> the Roach Motels we got? Uh, what the what we had cockroaches in the kitchen. No, in your quarters, because you kept leaving, like, alien underwear laying around. Sorry, that was grosser. All right, so the security guys in the back are just not really caring. So who walks by but 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 Fuzzy Face McGee lady with Barbara her... Barbara Walters. Yeah, Barbara Walters boob rap. <laughs> Words I never wanted to hear put together. <laughs> so he grabs her by the arm, as Kirk is wont to do. You're hurting me. So she goes, oh, no, I'm going to go die. It's fine. Leave me alone. Spock just kind of saunters up to the group <laughs> and then pulls the greatest Spock joke of all time. There's a multi-legged creature on your shoulder and it just yeah. pinches him. <laughs> so easy. And he just reaches down, grabs his disruptor and just kind of walks away with it because, okay, these are the most docile people. <laughs> they evolved from sheep. You know, 500 years of computer war will do that to you. I guess so. Although humans are really getting there pretty close. They wouldn't really complain. We just, like, make complaints on, like, Yelp and Facebook and stuff. <coughs> it wasn't really worth all that, Fortnite. <laughs> so, anyway, so Kirk points the disruptor in the most amazing set of special effects of a weapon beam I have ever seen. Nothing absolutely happens, and then smoke and fires are pouring out of the set. That's because these disruptors are sound-based weapons. Holy shit, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I've been Wait. waiting for this moment to correct you on that. <laughs> <laughs> for like your whole life. <laughs> oh, no, Scott. I have not had to wait nearly that long since the last time I corrected you. <laughs> so, yeah, they're like at least five minutes. <laughs> so, my question is... Wait, wait, Mr. wait. XV. Are you Char? What? Are you Char? He's not three times faster. But he did come here to laugh at him. Yes, I did, didn't I? All right, Mr. XV, Mr. Smarty Pants. If they're sonic disruptors, and that's what their weapon technology is, how do they shoot at the Enterprise that's in orbit? Because this is a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, nope. there's two answers to this question, Scott. One is that the writers are uh, like complete idiots. Sure. The other is that the Enterprise is actually orbiting within the planet's atmosphere. That's not how orbits work. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> okay. So take your pick. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the first one then. Because um, I can I can sleep at night with the first one. <laughs> perhaps right. perhaps they have the technology to, like, focus sound waves down Space so far. Space sound. No, they have the technology to focus sound waves so far they become phonons, you know, the, the elementary particle of sound, and that's what they shoot into space. <laughs> They're going to ignite the phlogiston, right? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> their 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 highest level of medical technology is phrenology. <laughs> My God, look at the bumps on Kirk's head. He's a barbarian. <laughs> Plenty of idiots. But see, the best part about the uh, the disintegration chamber sequence, yep, is how they set the whole thing on fire and just let it burn for like, like ten minutes. 
for like for real. And this isn't the only time it happens. Well, they burned I mean, down sets for this episode. Yes, I assume they shot it from several angles so they could reuse the same footage later without having to rebuild and burn a second set. Do you really think they're that smart? Well, not about sound and space, but the other thing, yes. But for so not- film it really quickly. So the funny thing is, I think we put it out. (laughs) So what I think is funny, though, that in the Star Wars universe, a sonic space weapon will work just fine. Well, that's because space in Star Wars is full of air. Exactly. Because there's so much goddamn sound in that space. Anyway, moving on. Fuck Star Wars. Anyway. Uh, All right. So apparently the Council of Five hatless leaders... Uh, they get an immediate notification that disintegration station number 12 is destroyed. Okay, so another thing about this episode that annoys me, besides the clearly flaming set that's a danger for everybody, um, <laughs> is that they have well, this... Well, it's not like it was going to get blown up in a war or anything. Why <laughs> <laughs> bother having uh, fire extinguishers? They can make everything out of matchsticks because there's no worry of anything bad happening. See, that's really the sad part of this episode. There is so much that you could explore with this culture that's built around this concept of computerized warfare and nothing else. Yeah. All right. So one thing that does bother me, they have these disruption uh, chambers, right? These suicide uh, People uh, trying to uh, hack the uh, enemy's computers. <laughs> yeah, one would think. Um so they have these these stations, right? They're like one at a time. It takes like five minutes to disintegrate one pe- pe- one person, and yeah, they have like people. millions of people to disintegrate like in twenty four hours. How do they do this? So there's just like thousands of these stations everywhere. There's probably one in every building. It's oh like my bathroom. god! <laughs> it's, yeah, one on each floor of each building. In, one in every Walgreens. It's like a, photo, a one hour photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right next to the blood pressure machine. Right. <laughs> It's kind of something if it's like restrooms, there's like male, female, and then like a disruptor. If you don't walk, if you walk into the wrong one, you're fucked. <laughs> you go to flush and you just cease to exist. <laughs> I don't know. At least right, you don't so, worry about wiping then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anyway. So anyway, so the, the Council of Five is like, okay, lock on planetary disruptors to the star cruiser in orbit and then open fire with our sonic-based disruptors. To which the planetary base seems goes... You know, we've never actually attacked a ship in space using our sonic disruptors, so this is kind of a dry run for us. <laughs> Although I do like the how they how they handle it, though. All right, so we got uh, Ensign Handsome Guy on the uh, on the con. Where's Sulu? Off doing other roles. Really? Because that's why they missed... had Chekhov in season two. Oh, I miss I miss Sulu. I thought Chekhov was to bring the, the boy band component to the show. Okay, so like... <laughs> like they uh, wanted the monkeys. Right, right. At some point during season one, George Takei was like basically unsatisfied with the amount of screen time he was getting and started accepting other jobs. So basically, yeah, Chekhov was to bring in a little bit different demographic, but also was able to take up some of the part of episodes that Sulu was originally supposed to be doing, but George Takei was not available to actually come shoot. Fascinating. Moving on. Okay, Spock. I mean, you're the one. You're the one who asked where Sulu was. I, I know. <laughs> I'm not complaining that you answered. I'm just okay. Answer is over. Moving on. All right. So <laughs> Scotty and McCoy are up on the bridge trying to figure out what the hell to do. The ensign goes, "Oh shit! Something's happening. There's a big power surge," and the ship rocks a little bit. <clears throat> And uh, it's just like they're taking pot shots at us. 
He goes, yeah, the shields are holding. It's fine. They're extremely <laughs> powerful sonic disruptions, 18 to the 12th power. What the fuck? <laughs> if it weren't for our shields, we'd be totally disrupted by now. Like, totally disrupted. <laughs> disrupted to the max. Yeah. In space. <laughs> uh. <laughs> McCoy observed it. was like, well, I guess I answered her question. So they've got the captain, they've got Spot, they get the landing party, uh, they're not answering hails, they're shooting at them, and in the most amazing amount of restraint I've ever seen in a human being, Scotty just doesn't start fucking up their planet immediately. <laughs> oh, all right, that's it, fighter phasers. Well, they can't, their, their shields are up. Okay, another thing, goddammit, we can't fire full <laughs> phasers where our shields are up? That doesn't work that way. But he can give them plenty of photon torpedoes. Yeah, which I like. (laughs) 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 And they just drop them like World War II bombs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Space Walter Pet comes on the bridge again. And they're like, uh, dude, the, the guy, the people here are here like to ambassador to. They're they're attacking us. They're like literally attacking us. No, they aren't. They're attacking. Yeah, and he's just like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Like, it's just a misunderstanding. You're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. They don't. I... <laughs> okay, at this point, I don't know how Scotty doesn't wrap his hands around this guy's neck and just choke him to death. And poor Scotty's like, look, I've got to protect the ship. I'm not listening to you, you dickless wonder. <laughs> Is it true we're being attacked? <laughs> yes. Poor Scotty's like, they started. Hi, Ben. <laughs> that's all right they're listening to me all right so space walter picks like just let me talk to him i'll clear this all up you guys are idiots with your guns and your stuff just so he just tells her to open the voicemail they'll come they'll call back eventually <laughs> right yeah i mean if it's important you leave a voicemail otherwise you know they don't care because the enterprise is going to area code they don't recognize so they're not going to pick up just keep leaving messages on the answering machine until their tape is full then they'll have to answer the phone <laughs> right. That's how it works. Uh, yeah. So uh, Walter Peck, Master Fox guy, walks off, and then uh, Scotty makes his famous line of, oh, the best diplomat I know is a fully charged phaser bank. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Thanks for legitimizing our mocking of you, Scotty. We appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so the, the crew, the Enterprise crew on the planet, come running back into the lounge because it's the only set they built. No, but no, the, it's because it's the last place they'll ever think to look for them. I know, what a great line. It's like, it's like, it reminds me of that Calvin Hobbs where Calvin hides in the bathtub when his mom's looking for him to make him take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last place you'll look. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Rue McClanahan is just looking very nonplussed. She does kind of look like Rue McClanahan, doesn't she? <laughs> a little bit. So she's got blue eyes, and I think Rue had, like, brown eyes. Yeah, she had one brown eye. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, hey, Mickey. Yeah, I, got, I can't get that middle image out of my head. What was the other right. eye? So Kirk starts basically manhandling this woman, shaking her, trying to make her understand, because that's what you do with women. Uh, when you're trying to and babies. Down. And babies. Yeah, babies and women. You have to like hold them, shake them, and then mansplain stuff to them. 
this war is stupid. You should stop. And she's like, yeah, but if we don't do this, a real war will happen and that'll be worse. What, what about that? Don't you get? And then at the same uh, time, he's also like, oh, by the way, draw me a layout of this place. Right, right. Yeah, you live here. Let's know how, how do we get to our phasers and tr- communicators, basically. I've got some graph paper here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you never know when a campaign <laughs> might spring up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, is this an attack of opportunity, or do I do that before or after I move? Oh, fuck, whatever. <laughs> I'll house rule it later. Fuck it. Kirk, what's your uh, echo? Only <laughs> <laughs> well, Spock can calculate it. It's only a best guess, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get working on those calculations. All right, so they get a message. The, the, the Council of Five, Anon Seven, and the, the four idiots, they get a message from the ambassador. Uh, Uhura patches them through. And then uh, Ambassador Fox just gives the most milk toast generic. Hey, uh, we're from the Federation. Can we be your friend? And then the guy and Anon says, like, oh, sorry about the thing that happened. That was totally an accident. Turn the Fox sound goes, system off. Yeah, yeah. We had the bass turned up too high. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so the guy goes, oh, yeah, sorry about that. We're at war, and just it was a mistake. And then Fox goes, see, I told you guys it was a mistake. It was a directed shot at our ship that would have destroyed it, but, uh, you know, shit happens. <laughs> then click. Yeah. Okay, Fire but- again as soon as they turn down their shields. <laughs> yes. Yeah, turn up your shields and beam down. And the ambassador's like, ah, okay. So he orders Scotty to lower the shields. <clears throat> to which Scotty it's really a shame he didn't wear his kilt because the size of his balls had to be confined <laughs> in those pants because he just looks at him and goes fuck you no <laughs> and he has yes. like two fingered salute <laughs> <laughs> fuck the English <laughs> and Scotty just looks at him and goes fight me <laughs> oh man I don't think I don't think McCoy's a little annoyed there's somebody on the ship with bigger eye bags than him. Because <laughs> he keeps looking at him like this bitch over here. Maybe he's trying to figure out what disease he has. <laughs> or if they're related. <laughs> Those are McCoy family eye bags. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> I can cure her any day, but I can't cure genealogy. All right, whatever. If so I had, I would have scared Spock already. <laughs> so stupid. So yeah, the, the bachelor's like, lower the shields, I'm going down. And Scott's like, no, I'm I'm not doing it. And McCoy lists them off. Okay, look, they've got Kirk. They've lied to us. They used a vo- voice encoder. They shot at us. What makes you think these people are legit? You're an idiot. But the ambassador is just suicidal at this point. It's like, look, I'm going to go out an airlock and then float down to the point if I have to. <laughs> And then the ambassador says the worst thing any person in the Federation can do to another person in the Federation, which is your name will figure prominently in my report. See, if, a, if, if, an, if, 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 a, if an admiral had said that to Jean-Luc Picard, Picard would have just folded. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> well, I Let me that. speak to your manager. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my. 
So at this point, the haggis is in the fire, whatever the fuck that means. Well, you see, a uh, haggis is uh, a Scottish cuisine made from the uh, heart, <laughs> stomach, and various internal organs of a sheep. All right, so moving on, we're back down to the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, th- this is something, a weird something, something for butterfly. Yes. <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a really strange scene to me. I, I don't understand this scene at all. So we cut down to a non-sevens personal quarters, which are tastefully decorated like every other room in this planet. Um, Kurt just comes sliding in behind the guy. Guy, without even turning around, goes, Hello, Kirk. Would you like some drink? He has a mirror. <laughs> That's what it is. He sees a reflection in the camera. <laughs> no, it's just that. No, the camera's behind him. No, it's, wait. No, it, no, it isn't. Wait, never. never <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's That's just good. that in 73 years, no one else has ever visited a non-sevens quarters before. <laughs> so Kirk comes in with his uh, the little uh, the disruptor and just walks right up point blank. Uh, and it's just like, look, my communicators, let me talk to my plan. Uh, let me talk to my ship. Uh, and a nonsense is like, look, you are a barbarian. We have found a way to make war sterile. Okay. I know you're a barbarian who's a murderer who has killed people, but we haven't, you know. So this is a very interesting discussion. And, you know, the whole time I'm actually rooting for a non-seven. <laughs> I think he's right this whole time because uh, Kirk is not giving any sort of argument except for putting <laughs> – the disruptor right on his nipple. <laughs> he just poink right on the prehensile nipple. At which point, I don't understand why uh, Anon 7 didn't use his prehensile nipples to just, like, disarm <laughs> Kurt. Just take the disruptor from him. I assume only the female well, look, prehensile. And plus, it's not like there's a barrel for him to plug. <laughs> yeah, it puts his little nipple finger in there. <laughs> All right, so have a drink, because that's always what you want to do when a Shakespearean actor with a fucking beard tells you to drink something. So Kirk turns his back on the guy, uh, to which point Anon Seven decides to play a quick game of of Simon? Yes. Okay, just checking. That was weird. Oh, my God. So, Picard, uh, Picard, Kirk. See, I said Picard, now he's on my mind. I miss Picard. So, Kirk goes in there, she's like, oh, we don't make war with computers. We do it for real. Blood and guts. And then he starts saying shit like, I could destroy your planet if I wanted to. I'm not a savage or barbarian, but I could kill you and everyone you love. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kirk. <laughs> and then all of a starts making fun of him. It's like, oh, with just you and a disruptor, huh? <laughs> Why do you think I don't let you talk to your ship? Right. I like this the whole time the nonsense is like making fun of Kirk. And there's the cold metal on the nipple again. Oh Scott, boy. I just want to mention that you're a real trooper. I, I'm because trying, man. This episode has so lost me. Uh, well, me too. Me too. I'm trying. Because otherwise it's going to be sitting here in silence and nobody wants that. Not that anybody wants to listen to my voice either, but whatever. All right, so Kurt goes over the door. He's like, okay, you know, tell me where my, my weapons and things are. And he's like, okay, fine. It's down the hall. Take a left. Take another left. Uh, past the Starbucks. If you hit the Foot Locker, you've gone too far. <laughs> what about Lady Foot Locker? <laughs> Way too far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Foot Locker That's on the for ladies. Level. So Kurt walks over the door and is like, okay. 
and then waits and then does this little come hither finger motion, which is the most condescending thing. Jesus Christ. Well, he's Kirk. So, um, he knows he's superior. Yeah, so non seven walks over. Kirk takes him, throws him out the door into the waiting guard. He kicks the ass of one guard, and then another guard gets his ass kicked, and then then Kirk gets his ass kicked, and eh, whatever. Oh my God, is he alive? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they they tapped him on the back of the neck. Well, well they tapped him on the back of the neck twice with you know a heavy gun. Yeah, with the butt of a disruptor. So they pick up Kirk and force him to perform fellatio? Later. later. Force. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. So what do you do with a number one party prisoner is you take him to where all the other leaders are. So they take him to the council room because that makes sense. That's the other set they have. (laughs) (laughs) Should we put him in jail? We didn't build a set for that. We could just throw right. him into a disintegration chamber. <clears throat> yeah. Or we could just put him in the other set, in the set we did build, and put a force field over it, force field door over it. Or we could put him in the set we already built, but put some different furniture in there and pretend it's a different room. All right, so Walter Peck and his mute assistant being down. Somehow. Uh, somehow, because, yeah. Because Scotty shields. refused to lower the shields. And the establishing shot of the Enterprise right before this made it look like it was orbiting the moon. Right, because, y- yeah. Um, There's some right. problems here. There's some serious Even though I was watching this episode last night, I was like, well, how did they just – they just said they couldn't do it. Yeah. But then they did it. But then they did it and just we'll just move on. Oh, fuck. All right. So as soon as they land, Anon 7 shows up with the, with the, with the hat brigade and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> so many hats. And just basically says, Oh, uh, some computer somewhere said you're dead, so we're going to kill you for real. While well, I'm the hack brigade. Yeah, this is. Fort <laughs> Max is the bunny hat brigade. <laughs> no, the bunny hack brigade right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's so dumb. It's so... like coughing. <clears throat> oh, okay. Oh, yes. That kind of hack. Yes. All right. So we cut back into the uh, into the waiting room of Doom with uh, Spock, who, because they took out some guards, now the two security guys are wearing the Hat Brigade uh, cover ones. Yes, they just kind of vaguely mentioned how they've captured two full sets of male clothing. They didn't really go into details about what happened to the, you know, two sets of males that were wearing them previously. Disintegrated. <laughs> well, I don't say tomorrow ate them. They, they but blew I think up that... the nearby disintegration chamber. Right. Well, there's one in every building. They just have to go to another building. Yeah. Uh, So Spock's trying to get their little weak-ass, you know, Motorola communicators to communicate with the Enterprise. Uh, Spock being Spock, of course, magically is able to do it. I assume using a mind meld. (laughs) Vulcans are magic. Or he he tested two of the communicators and wired them together. Like in that animated episode. I mean, that makes perfect sense, because if you take two, you know, weak things and wire them together, they become super strong. That's basically how Dragon Ball Z works. This communicator is now Gotenks. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Scotty picks up the phone. Mr. Spock, go ahead. 
All right. So Spock's like, okay, is everything all right up there? You know, we're still alive. Uh, but captain's overdue. No one's dead yet. Oh, and well, except you guys, you're all dead. So whatever you do, do not let anybody beam down. Whatever you do, that is the last thing you should do. If you do that, we are all lost. And it's kind of, kind of like does the little collar look at the camera thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Puffin Jay Fox. What the hell's a Puffin Jay? Look, he's right. Scottish. Leave him alone. Yeah. So now one of the, the smart thing is episode Spock's like, get the ship to maximum phaser range and stay there. <laughs> Which Scotty gleefully goes, oh, you got it. You said phaser. <laughs> yeah. I can get it down to the fucking meter. <laughs> All right. So the three security goons. <clears throat> so tomorrow goes over <laughs> and like tweaks the door nipple. Uh, oh, Spock has too- the best line here too. Like he tells Yeoman Tamara, "Okay, keep an eye on her. Make sure she doesn't immolate herself. That's <laughs> sit on her if you have to." That's literally what he says. Yes, yeah, sit on her if you have to. Which I, I got. I got to go look at some fanfic. I, I need, <laughs> yeah. some, rule, I need some rule thirty-four on Same. that. <laughs> so Tamara comes over. She puts her hands on her hips and kind of glares at at Rue McClanahan side boob. Who just looks away like, oh, how dare you? No, I'll never get to die. Yeah. So these are the weakest guards in the world because they can't get baggy face McGee into a disintegration chamber. He just kind of like goes, no, like a cat in the back. They're not used to anybody resisting this. <laughs> They're confused as much as anything. Yeah. All right. So uh, the two costumed guards, uh, uh, red shirts, have Spock. They walk into the disintegration chamber. And which, thinking on their feet, go get in line. Yeah. And Spug just walks over and just like literally just grabs the disruptors. And then the security guys just run away. Like, oh. <laughs> Again, the they're not used people? to any resistance. I guess. Oh, my God. They're just there for crowd control. Basically. Just to keep, every, just to keep everyone in a nice orderly line to the disintegration chamber instead of trying to rush the doors. They're cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for I mean, really, you could just replace those guards with those uh, velvet little ropes. Uh, velvet, uh, velvet ropes. Yeah. Velvet, yeah. <laughs> well, these now, now before I said these people Please evolved from sheep. You here? They they evolved from lemmings, from British <laughs> lemmings, because <laughs> they know how to cue and they like to die. All right, so yeah, people come around the corner like, oh, it's my turn to disintegrate, and then they see Spock with a fucking disruptor, like, oh shit, and they run away. <laughs> Oh shit, I'll be killed. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if I get shot, it won't if I get shot, it won't register. Right, yeah, it doesn't count. It'll be a, be a body short. All right. So we get back to the council room and we know shit is serious because Kirk's hair is messed up slightly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, look at that. His his quaff has been uh uncouthed. So uh, at this point, their deadline is almost up, and they are several thousand people short. Oh, well. Yes, things are looking kind of bad. So which Kirk, ever the diplomat, says, well, your agreements are none of my fucking concern. (laughs) Okay. And Anon Seven's like, look, we're going to start a real war, and it's going to be horrible. It's going to destroy our entire civilization. Instead of, like, this clean war where, you know, we can keep going— 
there's going to be disease, there's going to be famine, there's going to be suffering, pain and anguish. It's going to be terrible. I'm doing what's best for my people. Fuck you. And uh, Kirk's like, oh, you sound scared. And the guy's like, of course I'm scared. Any sane person would be scared of the horrors of war. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and then it gets a little confusing because, like, Anon Seven starts wringing his hands and imploring the heavens, and then the guard walks away from the door for some reason. Yeah, because he got mind melded through the goddamn door again by magic <laughs> Vulcans, by space elves. I can't a, charm it, person through the door. You can't do that. You have to have line of sight. Oh, I rolled a 20. I get to do it. Fuck you. But it's okay because Kirk quickly gets the situation under control. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> As he, you know, beats one guard over the neck and knocks him down, takes his gun, and then punches a second one, takes his gun, and holds a room of literally 20 people at bay with two weapons. I know. He's like double slinging now. He's going disruptors akimbo. And it's just like, that seems unnecessary for one thing because those must have kind of, a you know, a field of effect. Right, you know they probably hit more than one person at no, a time. That's stupid. You know, sound only goes in one narrow, tight beam. That's when you talk to somebody; you have to look directly at them, otherwise they can't hear you. I mean, we we do kind of have the technology to do that. Well, I know. <laughs> tight we beam didn't. technology. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so so Scotty calls in and he goes, oh, uh, this is Scotty from the Enterprise. And then Kirk, like, takes his chance and runs to the ham radio and goes, General Order 24 in two hours, in two hours. <laughs> uh, that's just funny to me. Like, you know, Kirk saw his opportunity and took it. General Order yeah. 24 is, you'll destroy this Kill all the planet. Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, I'll take that. All right, so yeah, basically, apparently, General Order 24 means fuck this place up. <laughs> you know, I kind of like that aspect of the original series where one starship alone is well known to have the power to devastate an entire planet all by itself. Yeah, which makes sense. They make a reference to that, too, in, in TNG, but not nearly as often. I, but it makes yeah, sense. I mean, they seriously downplay that aspect of, like, starship technology in later Star Trek. Right. See, what I was thinking as I was watching the episode, because Kurt goes, oh, I gave him General Order 24. That means in 24 hours, he'll just, you know. Two hours. Two, yeah, I'm sorry. Two hours. They'll destroy the planet. I figured it was just a Kirk bluff, you know, just to scare them into thinking he would do it. But no, it, apparently it is a thing. Apparently uh, rules 1 through 23 uh, aren't about genocide, but they had to have <laughs> they had to have a rule specifically in Starfleet. To destroy an entire planet. It's just, it was it was number 24 on the list. Well, okay, so Starfleet's general order number one is the non-interference directive. <laughs> so, wow, well, that's quite a, that's quite a leap. <laughs> yeah, so somehow in 23 steps, you go from <laughs> non-interference. <laughs> <laughs> you go from non-interference to destroy an entire planet. <laughs> Right, yeah. So, so it's like what number two? Subtweeting? Passive-aggressiveness? <laughs> so it raises the question, is 24 the Why last one? Really should after that. that. Yeah, what would General Order 25 be? Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, that's terrifying. <laughs> I wonder if, like, Memory Alpha has a list of the general orders somewhere. Let's find out. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, while you're looking that up, yes. 
the, the most exciting part of this episode, which strangely is not the end credits. Uh, so I sat in the corridor. Uh, they were into a, a small amount of resistance to which they start zapping people. And unfortunately, uh, nameless gray suit mute doofus, uh, the assistant to the ambassador gets shot and just like collapses in the corner. Yeah, like like an easily compacted shape for easy travel. <laughs> Like that, that's weird. So they like, they like pat him on the it head twice and walk away. He turned into blur. <clears throat> oh, too soon. Oh, man. All right. So now they're getting the, in the council room. They're getting uh, reports from all over the building or the town or whatever. They're like, all oh, the disintegration chambers are being destroyed. Guard positions aren't answering anymore. So just Kirk with a disruptor is going around just nuking shit. <laughs> And then Kirk reminds him, in less than two hours, I'm going to destroy your planet. And Kirk reminds him, no, I'm not. Well, Kirk reminds him, no, I'm not going around. I'm right here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's Spock. It? You it's said Spock. Kirk. Oh, man. You made a mistake, so, Scott. <laughs> oh, whatever. So, poor Anon 7 is just losing on all fronts. He's like, there's a war against industrialization. He's got like people roaming around his planet, just killing people and destroying shit. Yeah, just getting his ass kicked in Starcraft. Yes. <laughs> well, he's fighting against Koreans. There's just no way to win against those people. They are too fast. So, you know, eventually Kirk takes control of the situation. He's holding them at gunpoint, which I accidentally jumped to a little early. And then Spock bursts in the room and is like, oh, I, I came to help. <laughs> yeah. He literally is like, oh, I... I thought you needed assistance. And he just stands amongst the crowd like he's one of the people being held up, which I think is funny. No, I'll, ju- I'll just stand over here if you need me. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll just be, yeah. All right, so finally Kurt gets to talk to Scotty and is just like, uh, uh, yeah, if I don't talk to you in like 10 minutes, go ahead and go forward with uh, General Order 24. It's fine. So then Kurt goes to this big thing and goes, well, you know those terrible things about war – well, I think you should experience them because fuck you. <laughs> okay, so which of these computers is the computer that I need to blow up? And Spock's just like, well, if you blow up this one, it'll blow up all of them because of bullshit. Bullshit. Oh, uh, well, or because that one has the route. That one's the one that has a direct connection to the internet. The others are just connected to it. Right. I do think I do think it's cool. They make a point that different computers do different things, and they are connected by subspace to the other uh, computers. I thought it was kind for of for constant real time communication. Yeah, I thought that was cool. So the ambassador now has a disruptor and is like holding so these they people get, so that they can't possibly so that they can't blame <clears throat> on it, blame anything on lag. Right. 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 Because there are no cows in subspace. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this predates the, my controller's broken. It wasn't me. Now you still know how to play Smash Brothers. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, so they get their uh, communicators and phasers and everything from a lunch tray in one of the computers. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I'm not sure why the computer has a cabinet in it, but, you know. <laughs> so an extra room. They're so advanced, you know. <laughs> They're only the size of cigarette machines. <laughs> How sci-fi. They don't know what to do with all that extra space. Right. They just build them this way because it's how they always built them. <laughs> right. It's how the last computer told it to build the next computer. <laughs> all right. So Kurt gets a little type one phaser, blows up one of the machines, which causes a cascade failure and the whole fucking building goes up. Holy God. Yeah. You know, it's, it strikes me that they really like their pyrotechnics this episode. 
They really did. They burned the shit out of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you see how that smoke is like white and acrid? This was in the 60s. This shit was made out of asbestos back then. <laughs> you know some people get like cancer. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it would burn that much if it was made out of asbestos. Or fiberglass or something. Terrible. And see, the thing is, like, obviously mm. at this point, nobody had any experience with setting electronics on fire because, like, that smoke's blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, because you've been in your kitchen. My kitchen's not really full of electronics, but sure. Gary. So, Kirk. Wood burning stove, then? <laughs> you, like, a, like, a, like a heat gun, like over a french fry tray? What do you use? Ooh, cool. I need one <laughs> yeah. of those. So, Kirk, gleefully. I need one of those since my oven stopped working. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you, are you out of your element, say. Donnie? Shut up. Oh my god, shut up. I hate you so much. We picked Russ of the podcast for less. God damn it. I'm not drunk, I'm just stupid. Oh, I hope that was clean enough to use. <laughs> Poor Max's laughing may have ruined that, but I can't really I can blame say it. Or made it better. <laughs> but really, what is being drunk other than uh, self-initiated stupid? Yeah. I'll take that as an intro quote, too. That's actually entertainingly profound. Yes, very insightful. And I need more Fort Max anyway. Don't we all? <laughs> All right, so Kirk gleefully says, I've given you back the horrors of war. You're welcome. <laughs> what a cocksucker. <laughs> what a dick. And the non is like, what will happen to us now? I've doomed your entire civilization to misery. <laughs> Kirk to beam up. I recommend I... you start making some bombs. Yeah, yeah, you might want to start working on conventional weapons, dipshit. I'm out of here. Peace. Or maybe... I don't know. Talk to Baggy Eyes over there. Because we sure don't want to anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're leaving him here. That's part of this plan. <laughs> we're leaving his ass here. <laughs> Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, five to beam up. <laughs> uh, yeah, this Wait, is clearly you know, Shakespeare. Do they get assistant? Do they get bore, boring assistant guy or not? I think oh, he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. They disrupted him. He, his guts are liquefied. So... And uh, said trails are going all over the place. Yeah, he's like leaking out of every orifice. That's why he compacted down so efficiently. There's nothing holding him up anymore, no yeah. bones. So Anon 7 is so pissed that his hair is shaking like an antenna. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an angry Andorian. <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, Ambassador or, Fox would have made a good Andorian. Uh... Make better Bolian. They didn't have Bolians yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah, that that's mute assistant guy now. Yeah. So yes, Ambassador Fox is like, maybe I can help. I can talk good and things. <laughs> I I will force people to be your friend because well, you know, I will tell we them have to. A bat phone that connects to the other headquarters. Right. It hasn't we haven't used, used it in a few hundred years. <laughs> well, you better sanitize that thing. I ain't using it if it's just been sitting there. <laughs> what was uh, the last time they used it? Did someone order a pizza and it got delivered to the wrong planet? <laughs> and that's what started the war. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
like onions? <laughs> Fire. All right, whatever. Uh, so Kirk calls up and goes, well, that's all nice and tidy. Cancel General Order 24, four to beam up, whatever. Whoopty shit. So they get back up on the ship. And they set course for their next planet. Leaving uh, Ambassador Guy behind. Thank goodness. <laughs> I wonder if they remember to beam up Yeoman Tamara. Uh, yeah, she's on the bridge. Okay, good. Yeah, she's smiling at Scotty. Oh, ho. Yeah, I'm so, like, headcanon they're doing it. <laughs> three million people a year. That's what it was. They were killing three million people a year for 500 years. That's... Carry the fucking thing. That's a lot of people. That's like a million people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> America A number one in education. Kirk has the strangest logic about this too. Cause like the way he figured if they couldn't make peace, they'll eventually launch a real attack, and in doing so will destroy their ability to make war. Yeah, that's great. In one attack. Right. Somehow. Uh, so it's basically a big gamble. He thought if he did this, they would have to they would choose peace over war. And it was just completely a gamble on his part, which Buck calls him out on and goes, you had no idea they were going to do that. And Kirk's like, well, I guess I'm human. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Intro quote. I think I have Fortnite <laughs> saying that already. Oh. But just in case. But so yes, Spock, freeze frame, at cue credits. Yeah, Spock helpfully looks over and goes, Mariposa is Spanish for... Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Spock. So anyway, that is... Whatever the name of this episode was. <laughs> taste of Armageddon. So they, they got just a taste. They didn't really, like, ingest it. They just licked it. They just licked Armageddon. They licked it. They got to keep it. It's theirs now. <laughs> yes, they're from getting. <laughs> they don't have to share. So, okay, uh, so I found yeah. the uh, list of known general orders. Uh, general Order 1 is indeed no starship may interfere with the normal development of any alien life or society. Okay. So we broke that one. But do they have warp technology? Yeah, they do. Uh, General Order 4 is said to be the only death penalty left on the books. Oh, Jesus. Four! Which, it took him to four! <laughs> that's apparently established in Turnabout Intruder, which is the last episode of the original wait, series. That's the weirdest wait, finish right which, episode. Which Phoenix, <laughs> damn it, Mickey! <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask which Phoenix Wright game that case was in. <laughs> High five. Same joke. <laughs> Uh, let's see, General Order 6. If all life aboard a Federation starship has perished, the ship would self-destruct within 24 hours to protect other ships from potential hazards within. Uh, that, 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 that find, never happens. No, they find plenty of derelict ships. What the hell? <laughs> what about the naked now time? Yeah. Maybe they found it before 24 hours. They just froze that quick, huh? Yeah. It's cold in space. <laughs> um, uh, General Order 7, no vessel under any condition, emergency, or otherwise is to visit Telos 4. Okay, alright, that makes sense. General Order 12, on the approach of any vessel when communication has not been established, etc., etc., that's the Star Trek 2 thing Savick was quoting. Ah. 
Which Savick? The first Ooh. one. Curse oh, okay. the Alley. Oh, the, the good, good one. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. General Order 13 is an evacuation order for Starfleet vessels, which comes from the 2009 movie. General Order 15. No flag officer shall beam into a hazardous area without armed escort. Flag officer. What does that mean? Like an admiral. That's not cock. Oh. Um, and then General what? Order 24. No, flag. Flag. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then we jump to General Order 24, which is in order to destroy all life on an entire planet. <laughs> Just because the captain says so. That's all you need. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I do kind of love that Kirk wasn't really joking or lying. It wasn't some clever ruse. He fully intended to uh, annihilate them. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Because, like, okay, if you think about it, the Prime Directive, when they've gone into any detail about it, you know, it is their highest law. Like, the life of ship and crew is supposed to be able to be sacrificed to uphold the Prime Directive. Kirk is right. using then General Order 24 basically as a means to protect his ship and crew from this alien culture trying to destroy them because, it, you know, they're following their culture. So he's using General Order 24 to violate General Order 1. What a weird episode. Yeah. And it, it's, I just don't understand how dense Kirk was the whole time. <laughs> so wait, let's see. General Order 4 is said to be the only death penalty left on the books, and General Order 7 has a death penalty as well. I didn't say these weren't, you know, sometimes contradictory. This is just the list of them that have been recorded. It's like the, they're like the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Most of them don't make any sense. <laughs> Thou shalt not join any other Starfleet in the Federation. It's like, wait, but there is only one. What the hell? <laughs> oh, weird. All right. So uh, what's next on the menu? Animated. The final two episodes. Oh, all right. Okay, let me know. Which would be... Star Trek Animated, the final episodes. I think it's episodes, what, five and six of season two? The yeah. Last, the, the last episodes of season two. Yeah. Let's oh, yeah, so... how sh- tire fire peters out. So, how sharper than a serpent's tooth, which I always hear people talk about. Um, and then the counterclock incident. Okay, cool. I'm just looking for. Wait, so is it yeah. is Counterclock's uh, uh, Klingon uh, counterpart nearby? You're or, reaching wait. for that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I just felt no. like I at least had to say something and then completely botched it. See, I think a counter Klingon would be <laughs> the the smooth headed variant of a regular Klingon. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, you know, you, you flip the ridges to the back side of the head, and then you've got the, the smooth face. Oh, so just <laughs> the original series Klingons, then. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you put the ridges on the back of their head, and they'd look, they'd, they'd look like penises. They, 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 would look like, they would look like a marital aid. Have you seen the, uh, the purported set picture from Discovery showing, apparently, Klingons? Uh, I've seen a tiny thumbnail of it, and they look they, like JJ Verse. They are not Klingons. Okay, the person I posted the photo didn't know what they were talking about. He said they, they thought they were Klingons. Ah, uh, well, but that doesn't mean they're not Klingons, though. It's, they look like 
it's basically been semi-confirmed. This guy was just kind of talking at his ass. Okay, but this, but it is a, a picture from Discovery. What's it a ridged ass? Yes, <laughs> it is from Discovery. However, they're not redesigning Klingons. Okay, Fort Max. Can you imagine going down a slide with a ridged ass? <laughs> That sounds like fun. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that. No, that would be going down a ridge slide. If <laughs> with a ridge ass, a ridged ass, you would have the uh, the ass part of you going down the smooth slide. Yeah, but it'd still be ridged. It'd still be catching on stuff. Even though it'd be smooth, it'd still be like. What would it be catching on? Would it vibrate through to your prostate though? Just the seams of the slide. Maybe. <laughs> oh dear. No, but if you go down a ridge slide with a ridged ass, then yeah, you'd have a. Yeah, well, you wouldn't make it very far. I mean, hit the it first depends one on which stop. way the ridge depends on which way the ridges went and how deep well, no. they are. <laughs> what would chairs look like? <laughs> oh, these grooves. They could, each chair had to be personalized. So you fit in the grooves of the chair. No, I think it would just be more that chairs would take the form of basically like a pair of arms that, uh, you know, clasp the butt cheeks, but are empty in the middle. I guess it depends, too, like how the ass is ridged. <laughs> well, it looked like a clean on fit. We're asking the serious questions. <laughs> like, do the ridges go individually down the butt cheeks, or are they more like, you know, is is the butt crack itself ridged on its edges? Oh, what happens of- to the ridges when you reach the hole? Yeah. Oh, they, they just converge. And, you know, they're like, it's like Braille. You know, you just go right. It's like just a Sarlacc right. pit or something? Or Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so when they poop, it comes out like a Play-Doh star shape. <laughs> you know, that's got me using toilet paper really awkward because it just get all hung up in the in the ridges. And I don't know if Andorian's like butthole is like a, on a little antenna thing. I I <laughs> suspect people with the ridge dash would use a bidet. Yeah, probably they would have to. Uh, Andorians, they live in an ice world. Well, uh, Klingons don't wipe. What are you talking about? Yeah, Klingons don't. But wiping is honorable. But wiping? No, Klingons would wipe with a knife. Oh, man, y'all bet Klingons shit comes out just a straight up paste since it's like all protein and no vegetables. They've like, got no kind of fiber in their diet. Well, no, Wait, they, you mean that's not what it's supposed to come out like? <laughs> that comes out like the consistency of guacamole. Color too. Yeah. <laughs> when you eat that many avocados. Well, yeah, when you live in California and they force feed you avocados in every <laughs> fucking meal. Yeah. Hey, I like avocados. Oh, you'll get tired of them. You move out to California. I'm not moving out to California, so probably no risk of that. Ugh. Kind of how you got tired of peaches. I don't even like peaches. Not you, Scott. Hey, I, I miss peaches. I mean, I was tired of them at the time, but now that I'm away from them, I miss them. But, <laughs> but yeah, yes. you did have millions of peaches. Yeah, and they're peaches for me. They were put there in a man by a man in a can in a factory downtown. Yep. But right. though. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. 
So, yes, we managed to make it through this boring-ass episode. You're welcome, everybody. We always manage to make it through a boring-ass episode. Thanks to Scott. There's, there's been some close calls. I'm glad Scott's here to take this bullet for me. I don't have the patience to suffer through boring episodes anymore. Yeah. I don't understand how I liked this episode when the first time I watched it, which I'm still not convinced I've ha- I have watched it before. No, you have, because I was there. You could be lying to me, though. No, I, I actively suggested this as part of a theme week of um, the original series, Fuck Your Culture. Yeah. Where it was just episodes of Kirk completely disregarding the sovereignty of other planets because he didn't like how they worked. Basically. <laughs> no, no, no. This is all wrong. Do it this way. And I'm willing to kill millions of people to make my point. I couldn't come up with enough episodes to actually make a month of it, but we'll revisit this, uh, you know, in due time. Because yeah, there's we... always planet gangsters. Oh. Yes. Which I do remember watching it as being fun. Now, to be fair, if he fucks, fucks with the culture of the Nazi planet, they those asses deserve it. Oh, well, yeah. Counterpoint, we watched the Nazi planet episode. It's really boring. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another one kind of like this where there's strong concepts in it, but maybe not quite enough story to fill out 52 minutes. Yeah. Did it have, not, did it have an, enough Nazi punching? Not nearly enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's a shame. And that's a measure by the standards of, you know, like six months ago. Yeah. Not today's standard of Nazi punching. Oh, yeah, okay. So, I mean, the standard level of, well, of course you punch a Nazi, not, oh, no, no, you need to go out and punch a Nazi. I should go out and buy a copy of Wolfenstein. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, like the first one? This time. <laughs> the, 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 the newest one, the good one. I have it on Steam, haven't even opened it up yet. I bought it for $8 from Target and played through about 10 minutes, then I sold it. Really? I heard it was really good. I heard that too, but then the first 10 minutes didn't really grab me. Oh, God. <laughs> you people. I mean, you know, I, I've had sharp turnarounds on games I've bought before, but not typically in 10 minutes. I had that with the Superman Returns on the PS2, but that was mostly because the training level was structured so awfully that I couldn't get past it no matter what I did. <laughs> It's still to be more fun than actually watching Superman Returns. I still haven't watched <laughs> Superman Returns, so... Um, oh, it well, is dreadful. Yeah. Uh, the last half of the movie is just the solid color gray of, like, a barren rock landscape See, eventually, happening. Eventually what I did to salvage my purchase was I found um, Codebreaker codes so I could skip to later parts of the game. Uh, and when I got to the part where I could basically just, you know, free roam as Superman, that was more entertaining. Well, yeah. It still wasn't as good as Spider-Man 2, though. Nothing. No, that's Spider-Man no. 2. Spider-Man 2 no. is like this amazing miracle. Yep. That really you can is. you can you can imitate but you can't recreate. Including hey, in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, I mean the web-slinging worked, is open world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man 2 was amazing. The uh random miss- missions certainly got repetitive, but at the same time they were completely optional, so it didn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't. I'm. I had my brother got into on the GameCube, and uh, I 
don't remember. I well, we just spent so much time just going around, climbing up to the tops of the buildings that we just couldn't swing to uh, normally. <laughs> and just seeing what was on there and just punching people off the roof. <laughs> yeah, just like Spider-Man does. Yeah. Oh. Holy jeez. Another thing you could do too. Always, you... an, always annoyed that you couldn't go up to those with the goblin as the green goblin, though. Oh, you you're talking about Spider-Man three. No, well, was I? I don't think we had. I didn't think we had three. Well, you couldn't play as Green Goblin in two. Maybe you're thinking of Amazing Spider-Man, or it was a Ultimate Spider-Man? That was the one that came out after two, wasn't it? Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. It was what, like 15 <laughs> years ago? Oh, yeah. Geez. Oh, man. Maybe we had both, and I'm just getting the two uh, combined somehow. Could be. You're saying that Marvel properties all tend to run together? I don't believe you. Oh, boy. Here we go. 